Welcome to Equippers Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Desiree Levy. For more information, check out equipperschurch.com. So if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, you'll probably be aware that um, we're in the middle of a series at the moment that we've called Beyond Blessed. Um, just unpacking some biblical truth about how we can walk in the promises and the blessings of God. And He wants to bless us so that we can bless others. And so that's really the theme, the big overall, um, big idea of this series that we're in at the moment. And it comes out of this scripture in Genesis 12, verses 2. And it's God to Abraham. And he just says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. This idea that you're blessed, not just so you'll stay blessed, but just so that it will flow out of you and into the lives of those that you do life with. The people that you rub shoulders with, the ones that you catch up with on a daily basis, that blessing is going to overflow and impact their lives too. It's that big ripple effect that happens. And um, you know, this extends to all areas of our lives. We're not just talking about finances. We're talking about our gifts, our talents, our time, the stories that we have, the experiences that we've lived, our health. And at the moment, this is a real deliberate teaching series. I don't know if anyone's aware, but there's some crazy stuff going on in society, in the world. You know, some big words being bandied around like high inflation and recession and um, all of those kind of things that can seem a little bit scary. And sometimes I think as Christians, we just need to get back to what we know, which is the word of God, the promises of God, the truth of God. And we need to come in the opposite spirit to some of the fearful stuff that's coming at us every single day. You know, just things like, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Things like, sow, and you will reap. Or, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And I want to break this concept down tonight of stewardship that we've been talking about a little bit, and I want to look at it from a different lens. I want to encourage us tonight to steward our one precious life, to take care of the life that God has entrusted us with. You know, the, um, the current look, the feel, the temperature of your life, you have either intentionally created or unintentionally allowed. And I want to talk tonight about, hey, why don't we write the story with God? Why don't we partner with Him? Why don't we steward what He has placed within us and live out an intentional, grace-filled, power-filled, precious life? 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1 in the message says, Please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. Great scripture. Don't waste a minute. Let's craft something. Let's create something awesome. Let's partner with God and see what might happen. I wonder, you know, if I was to say to you, when was the last time you opened your mind to God without restraint and just said, show me, take me on a journey. How would you do this? How do you want me to respond? How should I live today, God? Could we create something new? Could we create a different way of living in our world, in the midst of storm and in the midst of things that are difficult and fearful? Could we partner with the creator of the universe and steward our life well? Come out the other side, busting with greatness. New ideas, creativity, innovation. Pushing forward instead of pulling back. Um, in our household, we've got a couple of really inventive 
um, creative thinkers. And um, we have lots of conversations at home about creating new things. And um, something that I repeat all the time that I heard somebody say was find a problem and then come up with a solution to it. That's the best way to create something awesome. <laughs> See what's annoying people and then come up with a creative solution to solve that. That's also how you'll get very, very rich if you create something that solves a lot of people's problems all at one time. Um, currently, I'm telling one of my children, any one of them would do, but I need some way of storing my handbag in the car. So, you know, come with me on this journey. You've got your handbag, you've got your coffee, you're getting into the car, and you put the coffee in that little, you know, coffee holder in the middle of the car, but what do you do with the handbag? Like, it can't go on the floor by your feet, that is super dangerous yeah. <laughs> while driving. And, like, the person that you're taking in the passenger seat doesn't want to hold your handbag for the whole ride. Putting it in the back is a lot of admin. Like, you've either got to put that in before you get in the front. Like, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> okay? I've thought about this a lot. And I would really like some big, deep cupboard in the, in the middle of the, between the two seats that you just pop your handbag in. Like, what else goes in there? There's nothing else that needs to go in that space. And I'd like it to be big enough to take my handbag. So... There you go, here's my creative solution to a problem that I have found <laughs> in the world. Um, but you know, that's just one kind of humorous example, but it's a real problem I have, but it's humorous. Um, but you know, it has been a goal of mine every year to set aside some time at the beginning of the year to look at my life, to ask God some questions, and to sort of open the door a little bit to his suggestions about how we could shape some things differently. How could I steward my time and my talent and my treasure, my life? How can I steward who you've created me to be, God, this year? What's some new creative things you want me to add in? If I dream without limit right now, what could it look like? And I've got big pieces to my life, as all of us do. You know, big jigsaw pieces that you can't just biff out. They have to remain. You know, everyone kind of needs a job, right? <laughs> so those things have to remain. And you've got chores that you have to do. Or you've got work that you have to get done. And you've got different things like that. But God, what could it look like? What, would, what do you see, God, for this glorious, marvelous life you have given me? Sometimes some settings or some default settings in my world need to be reset. And it's about being open to the whisper of the Holy Spirit in that moment, just saying, hey, let's chuck that bit out and let's grow in this direction. 2 Corinthians 6, verses 11 to 13. I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. You've got permission. Create the life that you want to live. Partner with God. Ask him. Go on the journey. Open up your life and see what's possible. And I've got three thoughts for us tonight about what that could take. Three thoughts and three questions, if that's okay. The questions are really big, so I'm just going to leave them with you. <laughs> and then you can ponder them over the next few days. So the first thought is um, it's going to take grit. It's going to take a little bit of perseverance. It's going to take a little bit of sticking with it for the long haul. Has anyone watched TED Talks? Yeah, yeah I love TED Talks. They're like cheat sheets. 
So this is like somebody's whole entire life's work in 20 minutes and we just get to listen to it. <laughs> it's like we've done none of the study, none of the research, and they just put it all out there for us to consume. And there was this psychologist called Angela Duckworth. Has anyone watched her one on grit? Yes, Georgia. Um, she's devoted her life to researching one question. Why do some people outperform others? What is it about them? Are they more intelligent? Have they had you know, more of a head start? What is it? And she was a teacher. She had lots of kids in her classroom. This is where this all started. And she just wanted to unpack this idea, understand what made some people super successful and not others. And after a lot of research, it turns out there was one characteristic that all of the successful people that she interviewed over years and years of study had in common. And they had this thing that she called grit. And it basically boiled down to passion and perseverance over the long haul. In other words, don't give up. <laughs> Hold on. Stick it. Keep at it. Don't give up. She defines grit as, and I think I've got this definition for us, the ability to persevere in pursuing a future goal over a long period of time and not giving up. It is having stamina. It's passion and perseverance over the long haul. It's sticking with your future day in, day out, not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years, and working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. Show of hands. Who's actually run a marathon? 42.2 Ks. Ah, oh, so just me. <laughs> this is good. It's really hard. <laughs> and it takes a long time. And you can't just bust it out with no training. You actually have to put in time and effort over a long period of time to hit the goal. And that's what grit is. Long-term living not short-term living. And I think if we, wo if we put in some Bible words into the concept of grit, I would think of steadfastness and endurance. And I think, ultimately, it takes faith to live a gritty life. It takes belief that God has got a plan, there is a purpose, and you're going to hold to it and emerge out the other side. I'd say if we were to rewrite Angela's definition of grit slightly. I would say it takes faith and passion and perseverance. It's believing that God is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he will do. And it's choosing to partner with him over the long term. Through the valleys, over the mountains, round the roundabouts, out the other side, swimming over your head sometimes, walking through desert territory, sticking with it. Faith propels us out of ordinary living and into creative spaces, into walking with God, partnering with God, unpacking all that he has for us. I don't know about you, but I have some dreams and I have some promises, and I would guess that we all do, have some dreams and some promises that we are yet to see come to fruition, and you're not there yet. And the defining factor, the difference maker, might just be grit. 
hold on, stick at it, train hard, unrelenting long-term tenacity. So my big question from point number one is where do you feel the Holy Spirit nudge to get a little grittier? Which part of your life did you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit just then? Pick up your grit. (laughs) Hold on a little tighter. So it's going to take faith and grit. And then number two, for us to steward this precious life that we've been given, I think we need to unpack a little bit of the things that we are actually in control of and the things that we are not. And, um, you know, we've been uniquely graced. We've been created on purpose. There are things about you that make you you, and there are things about me that make me me. And, you know, we heard from um, Jason this morning. You have been uniquely located for mission also. So uniquely created and uniquely located for mission, to create, to make a difference, to usher in the presence of God. And I think it takes a little bit of understanding about how you've been created. Who am I underneath it all? God, what do I just find so easy? Because I'm in your slipstream. Where do I feel your grace just wash over me? And it's easy. Um, I borrowed this picture that I'm going to put up on the screen. Three circles. um, From Steve Graham. From a message that he did. Um, But the original author is actually Stephen Covey. And he was famous for writing that book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, So can everyone see this? Yes? Is it a bit like small? Anyway. (laughs) This is basically three circles of um, understanding the things that we have control over and the things that we don't. And the idea is, could we focus a little bit more on who we are and how we've been created? The gifts, the talents, the graces, the things that God has put within us, the strengths, all of that stuff. And our attitudes, our behaviors, our emotions, our reactions. Those are the things we're in control of. Could we focus a little bit more of our attention there? Because that's the center of our universe. (laughs) It's who we are. And then the next sphere is the influence that we have. The people that we do life with. You know, the workmates, the school mums, the university colleagues, the workplace stuff, the church friends, the sports field friends the people that we have influence over and that our actions and our behaviours and our decisions actually impact their world. That's the next area that we should really focus on. And then the final circle, we just need to have concern for, but we're not necessarily in control of. So, for example, climate change. (laughs) We should be concerned about these things, but do I have much control over the policies All of that kind of stuff that happens, no. What am I responsible for? Do I do my recycling? Boil it down to the stuff that you are responsible for. The attitudes, the behaviors, the reactions, all of that kind of stuff. I love the scripture that comes from Ephesians 1 verse 11 because it really helps me to understand how do I figure out more about who I am at the core of everything. How have you made me God? And it says in this scripture, Ephesians 1.11, it's in Christ we find out who we are and what we are living for. So those first two circles, the things that we have control over and influence over, 
We find out more about that by spending time with God, letting him speak to us, unpacking truth in his word, understanding how he's made you, the gifts, the talents, the experiences that you've had, how that all comes together. And then you have influence in those spaces. Um, the word of God is really powerful. It separates lies from truth, and it helps you to navigate difficult seasons, and it always accomplishes what it set out to do. Get in the word. If you want to know more about how you've been made and the things that you're responsible for in this life, and you want to steward them well, get in the word of God. Read what he says. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I've appointed you and anointed you. I've called you by name. So many brave and powerful statements that we get to live by as we unpack them in the Word of God. I guess my big question from point number two would be, do you need to make any different choices about the things that you have control over? Thoughts, actions, emotions. Is there any different choices that you need to be making currently? So what's it going to take? Faith and grit, knowing who you are and the influence that you can have. And then thirdly, my final point is just to, if we want to steward this life well, if we want to live wild and wonderful and free and grace-filled and experience all that God has, sometimes I think we need to form some habits and not just live in chaos. Um, I heard this saying a long time ago, and I can't remember who it was, so I can't quote them like, you know, properly. Um, but sometimes, you know, when you're creating and dreaming and thinking and going to God and spending all this creative time, you do have to let some chaos reign. Like you have to let ideas kind of float up to the surface, and you've got to kind of test them out and think about some stuff. But at some point, there does need to come a shaping to all of that creative process. Because like everything in life, there needs to be a bit of a balance. Let's dream, let's think, but there needs to be some actions and some habits that get formed out of this process. Ideas are one thing, but action is something completely else. <laughs> in James 2 verse 17, it says, Faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. So let the creativity with God happen. Let, her, let the faith rise. Let the dreams come alive and then shape them. Bring them into form. Give them some boundaries. Test out some new habits of the ways that you've just been thinking about the things with God. There's this book that I've read um, over the recent years called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And um, I've got a quote from it. Hopefully you can see it when it gets put up on screen. Um, really cool book about building habits that create behaviors that get you to the goals that you've actually got in your life. And um, this is what he says in one of the conclusions to a section. The secret to getting results that last is to never stop making improvements. It's remarkable what you can build if you just don't stop. It's remarkable the business you can build if you don't stop working. It's remarkable the body you can build if you don't stop training. It's remarkable the knowledge you can build if you don't stop learning. It's remarkable the fortune you can build if you don't stop saving. It's remarkable the friendships you can build if you don't stop caring. Small habits don't add up, they compound. So you build these habits, they make your life a little bit easier, and then suddenly there's a compounding effect that happens. 
you know, habits work for you on the inside just as much as they work for you on the outside. So you might create some new habits like, you know, training for that marathon means actually running more than once in a month. <laughs> you know, actually building that habit. But it matters for the stuff on the inside too, the thinking, the character, the behaviours, the choices, the emotions, the reactions. We can form new habits in these spaces too. Um, 1 Timothy 4, verses 6 to 10, and this is Paul when he's writing to Timothy. And he just says, if you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you'll be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the saviour of all people, and particularly of all believers. Physical training is good, 100%. But training for godliness is even better. And that's where the habits that we build and we allow in our lives really make a difference. We are where we are because of decisions we've made, either intentionally or unintentionally. You know, um, with my kids, we have conversations about the character. Their character is super important um, in our family. Our character is super important in our family. And um, I've got this funny story for you, and I have permission to share it. Um, a, a couple of years ago, um, Harper and I were having this dialogue about integrity and what that actually means, because that's a really big concept, um, and just understanding it, and how it's living honestly, and it's living with ethics and morals all the time, but it also really matters in the big things and the small things. Integrity is built in the small things that we do over and over and over again, that we think may not matter at the end of the day, but they actually compound into a characteristic that we start to live our life by. Um, we decided discussing this concept when we were at the supermarket one day. And so I said to Harps, hey, integrity is returning the trolley right to the actual place the trolleys are meant to go. Not just parking it up on a curb for someone else <laughs> to pick up. And if the trolley bay is full, you have to take that trolley all the way back into the shop because there was no room for it in the trolley bay. And, um, and she totally got it. She was like, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and so we did the groceries, and then I said to her, can you return the trolley? And she was like, yep. She busts off with the trolley and puts it back in the trolley bay. And all of that was really great. And I picked her up, like I drove from where I'd parked the car, and I picked her up. And then um, the next week, we did the same thing again, and um, it was raining. And, you know, integrity gets tested. <laughs> Habits get tested. It's not always going to be sunshine and roses. And we have to make this decision that this is now a characteristic that I'm choosing to live by on a daily basis. And so Harps looks at me, looks at the trolley, looks at me, and I'm like, yep. And she's like, okay. So it's pouring with rain, she has to, and the trolley bay's full. She has to run that thing all the way back into the shop. And then I, you know, of course, hooned very safely around to pick her up. And, you know, we, we, she got back in the car and she was wet and, you know, we had a good giggle about it. And we just said integrity sometimes is hard. And sometimes it's making the right choice even when it doesn't feel good. And even when it's hard on your own, like, you know, that was annoying. 
to put it back in the rain, right? And, um, and as we were driving out of the car park, there was a lady not returning her trolley. <laughs> and she just like parked it up, you know, next to another person's car. And Harps was like, oh, mum, she's polluting. <laughs> and I thought, this is a really great concept, you know, that, um, that sometimes our crappy attitudes or the things that we haven't done the work on, on the inside, the habits we haven't formed, actually pollute and do a little bit more damage to the world that we live in. And we've talked about those circles of influence. You know, we're in control of us. So let's do the work on us to steward this great life well so that those that we bump into are influenced for the, for the good of God, that they see something. You know, like I don't know if anybody will ever see how great Harps is at returning those trolleys, <laughs> but integrity's been built in her heart, that even when something's hard and it doesn't suit me, I'm going to take that thing back. So what habits do you need to form in the current season of your life? Is there some characteristics or some heart stuff, some things you're in control of that you need to reshape in this next season? Because I want us to steward our precious lives well. I want us to skid into heaven going, here I am, Jesus. What a ride. What a great time. Look at all these friends that we're doing this thing with. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that we get to do this. Um, team, why don't you jump up? I'm going to wrap it up. You know, I think that, um, I guess, you probably don't need me to tell you this, but I felt when I was writing, just to say, you've got permission. You've got permission from God to steward your life well, to create something great. And in this current season, when there is squeeze on us in lots of different areas and lots of different thinking, friendships, relationships, workplaces, all of that stuff, You've got permission to create without boundary, without border, to go to the creator God and say, what does my life in this season look like? Could there be a prophetic sound that comes out of your life in response to the current situation that you find yourself in? Could you innovate instead of retreat? Could there be some new thinking, some new habits, some new relationships, some new things that bust out of you? Because you've felt restriction, you've felt hemmed in, and you're like, that's not the wide, open, spacious life that God planned for me. What's it going to take? It's going to take some grit. It's going to take understanding you and the things that you've got control over and worrying more about those. And then forming some new habits to get you through and out the other side. I don't want to become so well adjusted to the world that I live in that I just repeat what's going on around me. I want to live heaven sent. I want to live with the stamp of God's approval on my life. And I do truly want to skid into heaven. We gave it all, God. We lived. We did what you said. And it was good. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. The Holy Spirit has been poured out over your life. You've got permission. Permission to live. Create the life that you see in front of you. Partner with God. Ask Him where you need to get a little gritty. Ask Him 
What stuff, characteristics he's picking on right now that he wants to reshape within you? Fan into flame the gifts. You're a child of the Most High God. There is nothing that he cannot do and he wants to partner with us. I wonder if we could stand. I'm just going to pray for us and then we'll go out of this place praising Jesus. Holy God, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you that we have been reminded through your word that we have permission to create, that we get to steward this one incredible life that you've given us. I pray, Holy God, right now for creative ideas. I pray for a busting forth of new thinking. I pray for new habits that will lead to amazing characteristics that will stand the test of time. Show us where we need to be gritty, God. Show us how to hold on when the going gets tough. I declare, Holy God, that there are good days ahead. The plans that you have for us are good to walk into, that you want to make our paths straight. There are promises that we are yet to unwrap. Holy God, lift our eyes. Let us see as you see. Create in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.